Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Mo Money Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited to talk to my next guest. Uh, many of you may already know him if you're familiar with the Canadian personal finance blogging world. Um, his name is Rob Engin. He is one half of Boomer and Echo. He writes that blog with his mom, which is super awesome. And he also writes for the Toronto Star. He's a public speaker. And he is just the nicest guy. I'll just say that right now. He's like the nicest guy. And so he actually spoke at the Canadian Personal Finance Conference this past fall. And I really enjoyed his uh, talk all about how he kind of developed his blog as kind of just a hobby and then just, you know, hustled and made it into a side business so he can um, help to better provide for his family. And so we'll get into all of that and more right now. Thanks, Rob, for joining me on the program today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem. So yeah, the reason I wanted you on the show is because I really, really enjoyed your talk at the Canadian Personal Finance Conference. And so I, I definitely wanted to chat with you more just about how you got into personal finance and how you know, you've know you kind of you started your blog and now that's kind of becoming a business and, and so on. So we'll get into all of that. But uh, I want to start from the beginning and ask you how how this all started for you. Uh, good question. I, I um, you know, I found myself, I changed jobs around age 30. A lot was going on in my life. I just had a baby mm-hmm. and uh, changed uh, changed careers. I was in the hospitality industry for 10 years and I moved to, oh, really? uh, to work in the public sector uh, for a university. Yeah, those are very different industries. For sure. And I was traveling a lot and working maybe 60, 65 hours a week. And so, of course, with uh, our first baby, you know, I wanted to scale that back and uh, found the opportunity to work at a university. But I found the pace was a lot slower than what I was used to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so, uh, you know, I'm done at 430 and and, uh, come home and we had a really I was lucky. We had a really good, uh, good baby who went to bed at seven o'clock and slept for 12 hours. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't tell too many people that because we get uh, a lot <laughs> of death stares. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I found, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of stuck at home and I found myself kind of surfing through a lot of, I was interested in personal finance and found myself surfing through a lot of blogs and was reading, you know, Million Dollar Journey and Money Smarts blog and Canadian Finance blog. And so some of the kind of the pioneers in, mm-hmm. in uh, the Canadian personal finance space and you know, I was pouring through the archives of a uh, million dollar journey. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, I could be writing this instead of just sitting here reading it. And, um, and I was talking to my mom and my mom and I had a great relationship. Uh, and she kind of got me started uh, on a lot of money matters. And she was an advisor for many years at TD Bank. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, so I had, you know, the green machine piggy bank and, all kinds of things. So I was always talking to my mom about uh, personal finance and much to the chagrin of the rest of our family. You know, it was kind of our little fun thing that we would talk about and it's boring for everybody else. So us PF bloggers just kind of get that. uh, Yeah, totally. Yeah. We're the only ones that think this is really cool where everyone else is like, "Mm, it's pretty nerdy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I got, got to talking and kind of suggested the, um, you know, maybe we could start our own blog and kind of, tackle it from the boomer and echo generation i have to credit my mom for coming up with that uh, yeah great name (laughs) and uh yeah so we just kind of started writing and had no idea what to expect and and uh, so we've kind of evolved with the with the times you know it's been over five years and wow 
uh, yeah, it's been uh, been quite the journey. How do you? I'm I'm curious because I mean I find as a blogger I've been um, doing this for a couple of years now, and I find just you know me being the sole owner of my blog, it's hard to kind of have a schedule and and keep you know post flowing and everything like that. How do you do that with your mom, and how do you make sure you have? I don't know. It all organized. It seems like it almost be a little bit uh, more complicated having a blog with two people involved. Well, I've always uh, I've I've heard it from both sides. I've heard you should always schedule your posts and have a have a set schedule that you know your readers can expect something. And then I've heard, well, no, you should only blog when you have something to say. And so I found that uh, we stuck to a schedule right off the bat. And so. When we first started out, I wrote on Monday, my mom wrote on Tuesday, I wrote on Wednesday, my mom wrote on Thursday, and then I do like a roundup on uh, Friday. Wow, that's a lot, actually. And we st- and we stuck to that, and so yeah. maybe we had a lot to say in the beginning, <laughs> and uh, so I think for two years, we stuck to that schedule, wow. and it just became like habit. I just know, you know, on Sunday, I'd write a post for Monday, and mm-hmm. I never really worked that far ahead, but I just know in my routine, that's what I needed to do, and I think our readers kind of came to expect that and mm-hmm. um, you know they'd always while some of the older personal finance blogs might have been dying off or slowing down we kind of just kept it up and so I think we were able to gain quite a few readers because of that mm-hmm. and it's just helped in our own planning and just knowing that you know a post is due today where you know I have another blog which is the rewards cards Canada blog where, mm-hmm. where I do write just when I have something to say and well, I just wrote something yesterday and that was the first time I published since like October 8th or something like that. So, um, you know, you can kind of, uh, get stuck or, 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 you know, lose, lose track of that blog, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's harder to build a following that way, mm-hmm. you know, whereas others can probably get away with that. Whereas this one is a little more, the blog is a little more factual based and that sort of thing. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I struggle to find uh, you know a consistent rhythm in that uh, uh, with that one, but uh, with Boomer and Echo, we just stuck to a schedule from day one, and it seems to have worked. Yeah, wow, that's and that's an ambitious schedule. I you know props to you. <laughs> well, I, after two years, that kind of died off, and still and two so years, we, damn. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> But uh, now we're down to like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that but, seems like uh, a yeah, good. Still keep it consistent. Definitely. So I guess when you started the blog initially, was it mainly just to have an outlet to kind of express some of the things that you were interested in and some of the things that you were learning? Or did Absolutely. you always kind of have an idea that, oh, maybe this could be a, a business venture down the road? Like I said, when we started, we didn't really know what we were doing. I did mm-hmm. have an idea that you could make money blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you just reading through the million dollar journeys and money smarts blogs, you see the ads maybe at that time, because I was a web virgin, I guess, or, uh, <laughs> didn't really understand what it all meant, but you can kind of, as you're reading, you can kind of start to piece it together. And, you know, these ads are AdSense and these ads look like they're, you know, display ads and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kind of figured once you get a following, you could probably make some money, but, you know, literally for the first six months, we you know, just wrote four or five days a week and for nothing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, th- I think we just started out kind of, we had something to say about money and certainly, you know, like I said, my mom and I had those conversations offline, you know, and, and bored everybody else, um, when we got started on those topics. <laughs> and so this was like our outlet for, um, sharing those ideas online and kind of moving that conversation online, which I thought was, uh, was a lot of fun. 
and because I was going through a lot in my life, you know, I just, we just mm-hmm. had a baby and my wife went on maternity leave and then we were having discussions about, you know, her staying at home full time and could we make that work and uh, just paid off a bunch of debt, a bunch, a bunch of student debt and combined our finances. So, I mean, there's just so much going on that there was a lot to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, part of uh, something you talked about, you touched on uh, during your session at the conference was how, yeah, you did make the decision for your wife to um, stay home while you worked, but you also wanted your blog to kind of help with that transition. Did you want to kind of expand on that? Sure. So um, one thing I didn't really touch on in the, um, in the presentation wasn't really that relevant, but one of the decisions mm-hmm. or reasons why we decided that my wife would stay home full time is she was actually diagnosed with MS uh, in oh, 2008. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's doing fine, but, you know, at that time it was kind of the unknown. So uh, that kind of sped up our process. We went from wanting to travel the world to be speeding up our um, decision to have kids and, and raise a family. And um, one of those decisions was to, you know, have her hopefully stay home full time and you know, mm-hmm. get numbers and, and we're able to make it work. But, um, you know, certainly the online income or the side business does help, mm-hmm. you know, it helps us not only make that work, but also, you know, get ahead because that's what I, you know, that's what one of our goals is to, you know, retire or have me retire earlier and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and uh, we grow accustomed to a certain lifestyle and things like that. So, so we didn't want to do it as, as just a, you know, we just didn't want to just scrape by Absolutely. to make it, we need to make it work for the two of us in our lifestyle. So absolutely. Um, Is that, um, I'm curious cause um, one of the things that you're pursuing now is uh, a fee-only advisor, and uh, is that when when did that kind of come about in your mind that you didn't want to just generate, you know, have your blog as a business, but you know, kind of do another element as you know a financial advisor? Well, again, of kind of kind of by the seat of my pants, it was <laughs> uh, we, you know, we get a lot of emails from readers that. Um, you know, you write an article and it's kind of like it's either your experience or it's your opinion on a certain subject. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you'll get an email saying, well, what about me? Here's my situation. Mm-hmm. And I find like it's so hard to um, offer some, you know, really solid advice in that situation because you don't know all their details, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, or their or what kind of situation they're in. So you can't just say, well, I would do this. You know, it's not like... Um, uh, I call it the redditors who, you know, there's only one way to do things <laughs> and yeah. it's, uh, and it's this way and you're an idiot if you don't, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot more nuance and, and, uh, um, other details that might be missing. Right. So, uh, I was actually talking with, um, it was at the personal finance conference two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, talking to Sandy Martin who runs uh, spring personal finance and, mm-hmm. uh, she, so she left the banking world, started her own fee only practice. And so just got to talking with her about her experience starting that up. And, and she was the one that actually really pushed me into, uh, into starting it and offering that as a service for those readers who, you know, have, uh, have maybe more than that kind of that one question, but but want to take a whole look uh, at their uh, at their financial situation and and uh, really come up with a plan that's you know it's not going to be a financial advisor at a bank who's mm-hmm. steering you towards their products it's going to be someone who is unbiased doesn't work for uh, uh, someone who's going to sell you products but um, can give you you know kind of an unbiased look at your uh, your finances and so that's where that came from and and we really just started it uh, obviously you know my mom working in the bank mm-hmm. was used to that 
uh, at least that process of giving financial advice. But, you know, that kind of came from just a let's, you know, let's try this and see. And, and uh, so far, so good. I mean, I have uh, nothing, you know, when, when you hear back from clients who say, you know, I wish I would have done this five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, that really gives you a good feeling like you, you're really helping and making a difference. So, you know, that's, uh, that's exciting. And yeah, you know, absolutely. Maybe leads to a career down, a new career down down the road. Definitely, I think that's really exciting. And and you, as you know, I I think the the first time, or maybe one of the first times you commented on my blog was when I posted a blog post about how I'm thinking about doing some money coaching down the road. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm actually kind of doing the same thing. I'm like, huh, very cool. So. What I'm curious, because I know you're um, taking some courses to get your um, CFP designation, has what you've been learning in those courses kind of changed your perspective on personal finance? Or, or I don't know, I'm just curious what, what your thoughts on that are. Well, the, the, uh, the CFP or the path to your certification, it really, like, it, it opens your eyes to see there's so much more to financial planning than picking your investments and um, you know, your day-to-day kind of finance. There's so much more in terms of your, you know, the risk management, so your insurance needs and Mm -hmm. estate planning and things like that. And, and realizing that I'm getting inquiries from not just people who are in their twenties and thirties, but Mm -hmm. people who are in their fifties and sixties and they have much different needs. Oh, absolutely. uh, Totally different ball game than I do. And so, you know, right now we kind of deal with that by, you know, our, a typical scenario is like my mom will handle the 50 to 60 year olds and I'll handle the 20 to 30 year olds. Mm -hmm. And then whoever's in between is uh, up for grabs, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, depending on their needs, but it's certainly going through that process, you know, it opens your eyes to like there's a a vast uh, world or wealth of knowledge out there about uh, certain things. And, and you can see it by the types of clients that uh, everyone's unique, right? You can't, you can't make a, if people want to get into financial planning and think there's just a cookie cutter um, financial plan I can give to everybody and this will work. It's not the case. I mean, everyone is unique. And, and so I'm finding there's all these different uh, scenarios that people are up against and whether someone's divorced or whether someone's leaving a job and has, uh, uh, you know, a locked in retirement account there and, and uh, all these different things. And you have to kind of know the answers and know to, or know how to get them and navigate your Way around them to offer the best recommendations. Absolutely. Yeah, so. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned that just because um, I've been thinking a lot lately just about how over the years, you know, as you get older, you kind of become wiser and realize things that are like, oh, obviously, so that's so obvious now. But um, I was just looking at um, my the bre- budget spreadsheet that I just use for my, you know, personal finances. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I'm like, huh, if I were to, you know, offer this to someone, would it actually work for someone? I'm like, hmm, I, I think there's kind of no... Um, and then I started kind of looking at what other budget spreadsheets are online that you can look at. And there's so many different ones. And it kind of freaked me out because I'm one of those people that sometimes a bit black and white. I'm like, no, there's a there's a right and a wrong. But then I was just thinking, I'm like, huh, I don't think there – when it comes to personal finance, there's kind of no – wrong answer and there's like a million different ways you can do the same thing right for instance yeah just for like budgeting i'm like you know i may budget one way that works for me but um you know depending on your scenario you know you're divorced you're single you're married you have kids i mean you know how you budget comes in right exactly at the the university i work um we get paid once a month at the end is that right oh and there's other places that were and i and i hear from people that say oh how how do you manage that um, and that's from someone who's used to getting paid weekly or biweekly. 
Exactly. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly different. Yeah. Well, also just, you know, my husband's a freelancer, so he, you know, never really knows when he's going to get paid. Sometimes it's a huge chunk one month and then he has to kind of, you know, wait it out for another month until he gets, you know, some more uh, invoices in. So for sure. And and different, you know, insurance needs for freelance or self-employed people versus uh, versus salaried employees. And and so, yeah, I mean, so, so, so I guess the, as I'm, like you said, getting older and, and, uh, kind of learning more about uh, about finance and, and uh, everyone's different scenarios. I mean, I think that's why people get so aggravated at like some of the general Globe mm-hmm. and Mail, National uh, or Financial Post kind of articles where, you know, you look at somebody's finances and just do a quick fix because I don't think there is one like no. that. You can't do it in a page. No, exactly. Exactly. I'm curious, since you do get so many um, questions from people, what are some of the Let's start with what are some of the most um, interesting or complex questions you've got, or or just something that's kind of like always stuck in your mind. Um, you sometimes it's on more on our. I'm sure you get lots of emails from articles that do really well, maybe in search or that um, that uh, have a lot of comments on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of them is our lo- about locked in retirement. Okay, and we and and so there's there's a couple areas where okay so if you if you worked somewhere for 10 years and then left and then you contributed to a pension there you know you have the option to either leave it uh, and leave it vested with that company and then when you retire at 60 or whatever 65 you can withdraw a small pension from that just like you would if you continue working there forever and uh, but then the other option is to transfer it into a locked in retirement account so you could like manage it like an RSP but uh, don't have the ability to withdraw from it uh, until because it's there for your retirement, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we get probably well two or three comments a day on this post plus emails all the time about uh, financial hardship, mm-hmm. and so there's certain rules where you can um, or certain scenarios where you can access that money if you can show that you're in financial distress, mm-hmm. and um, so people all the time. You know, and, and you could and and you can kind of sense their desperation. Like, so it's either I just got divorced, or I just got laid off, or and I know that there's you know twenty thousand dollars in here, or forty thousand dollars in here, and I I need it. You know, I need to get access to it. How can I? And so you really feel for these people. I mean, they're obviously in a in a really tough situation, and um, you know, or maybe they're overwhelmed with debt or something like that, and they need and, and they need to access this uh, this money. So probably more than anything, we get questions about that. And, you know, different provinces have different rules about how, uh, how you can access it. And unfortunately, usually the answer is you can't, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, which is disappointing, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, I'm curious, since uh, you said that you kind of help, you know, um, the majority of the people that you help are from 20 to 30. Um, what are kind of some just really key things that people in that age group should know by now when it comes to their finances? Uh, you know, you talk, you touched on the budget. I mean, most people cringe at the budget where like we see it as personal finance bloggers and, and our readers probably get it, but the average person, you know, they have either have no idea what they're spending Mm-hmm. Or um, you know want to run the other way when you mention the the B word or the budget and um, you know they need to track be able to track their spending and kind of know have a really good idea actually what what the, how they spend their money or what they spend their money on mm-hmm. and uh, because how I mean 
how do you know how much you can save or pay down your debt or whatever if you don't know what's left over at the end of the month or why? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a key one. Um, the other one I think is is if you are like n- n- one of the, one of the mistakes I made as a uh, back when I was nineteen or twenty, I started saving. Uh, there was no TFSAs back then. That's mm-hmm. how old I am. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I started saving for retirement in an RSP, and mm-hmm. um, there was really no reason why. I mean, I I still had I wasn't married yet. I didn't have kids. Yeah. I drove a beat up car that was on its last legs. Like there was no reason why I was saving for retirement when mm-hmm. I should have been kind of building up some cash. Um, so what, what I suggest to a lot of 20 somethings is, well, what are your short and medium term goals? Like, mm-hmm. you know, where are you going to be? I mean, you, you've moved across the country, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. that's, uh, um, that, that <laughs> it's not cheap. And, nope. and, and, <laughs> it was you know, not. So, so what you know, what are your plans? There are people that, you know, think I need to buy a house right now. Okay. Well, what are your plans in the next three to five years? Because, uh, maybe locking up your money in a house is not the best use of that money. Mm-hmm. And so I just would encourage people to really understand where they spend their money and then have kind of a, what are your one to three year or three to five year plans or goals? Mm-hmm. Um, because the worst thing you could do, I think, is to lock your money away in either a house or a retirement account when yeah. you know you're going to need that cash for something else. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why me and my husband have not bought a house is we're just like, I just don't, even though technically I think we could afford to own, you know, maybe a condo in Toronto. I'm like, I just don't want to lock my money away because there's so many, I think, yeah, our kind of goals have shifted with, you know, just our freelance businesses as well as this, like our travel plans and just, I don't know, we kind of like the flexibility and freedom right now. So, yeah. It's Absolutely, and I hope point. I hope more young people think that way. Like the, I love those two words: flexibility and freedom. Like, yeah, <laughs> why would <laughs> you too. want to be locked down here when, uh, uh, especially when there, you know, if there's some unknown or uncertainty in in your uh, in your future? And I'm not just saying like, you know, you think you're going to lose your job. I just mean mm-hmm. like, you know, the, you, the options are open. You know, you could move across the country and do anything. Why would you want to lock yourself down here? At least know why, mm-hmm. know why you if you do want to. Exactly. And you just never, especially, I mean, I'm on the cusp of 30 right now. And just looking back at the past five years, I'm like, I could have not predicted what could have happened. But because I think I did not lock my money kind of into and I kind of spread it around, had my TFSA, my RSP and, you know, emergency fund and kind of, you know, made sure I saved uh, in a way that was appropriate to kind of my yeah short short term and medium goals. I, yeah, was able to kind of go with the flow of things. I mean, we didn't, I didn't know when I was 25 that I was going to move to Toronto to start a new life, but um, I'm glad that I kind of left the door open. I think I had an idea. I'm like, I may want to try something out like this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no, that's really smart. And I mean, yeah, it's impossible to to know. I mean, five years ago, I wouldn't have known that uh, I could start a blog and a side business that could bring, you know, not guaranteed, but bring in, you know, $3,000 a month for the last, for mm-hmm. the last however many years. And that is what we use to kind of, you know, our savings, our travel, our, you know, all that, all those extras that we do um, are because of that. I know. I'm just so thankful for the internet sometimes. <laughs> like, yes. man, can you imagine? Like, I honestly, I don't think I could imagine my life without it. <laughs> no. 
And like I like I mentioned in the in my presentation, like I'm mm. clueless. I don't know anything about the back end of the website yeah. or anything. Like I just moved uh, moved host uh, or changed hosting providers, yeah. and you know, like I'm like, please do this for me because I have no idea. I know. <laughs> and don't please don't break anything. I know. But uh, you know, I can write, and I think I, my skills would be in writing and and kind of promoting. I guess. Yeah. No, I think um, those are kind of the main skills. It's it's handy to have the technical side, but it's also great if you could just find someone to help you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for spending some time with me and chatting with me. I really, really appreciate it. I had a great time. My pleasure. Me too. Thank you. And that was episode 36 of the Mo Money podcast. I am so grateful that I got the chance to talk to Rob. Make sure to check out the show notes for some more information about this episode and about Rob. You can check them out at jessicamorehouse.com slash 36. Also check out his awesome blog, boomerandecho.com. He has a lot of great content on there. And thank you so much for joining me. I think uh, I'm going to just wrap it up now and say goodbye until next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.